Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. As a business professional, you want to make sure your book is seen by the right people at the right time so they hire you. So what kind of marketing tactics can you use that work in today's new environment? That's what we're going to be talking about today with Georgie, the one named marketing director of Girl Friday Productions, who's been doing this and has all the latest ideas. So welcome to our show, Georgie. Thank you so much, Dan. It's a pleasure to have you here. So let's dive right into this. You know, for business professionals and thought leaders, what are the key marketing tactics that work in today's market? Yeah, I love this question. And then you'll love the answer even more, Dan, because there is no standard one size fits all answered. So I feel like sometimes people think that's kind of a cop out, but really it is based on your individual goals. Um, For myself, I would even back it up even further to make sure that the business book, that the message is new. Readers have never heard it before. It's revolutionary. Obviously that the book, and I know is near and dear to your heart as well, well well-written, well-edited, also a gorgeous cover that really stops people in their tracks. I especially think that a business audience, a business book reading audience is really into the cover because Mm -hmm. if you know anybody that has a ton of business books and whenever I talk to my authors that want to publish a book with us behind them, they have every other business book that's ever been published in the back and they love it for the cover. They say, I love this one or something like this. So, I mean, that's kind of where I start as, but to get back to your original question, what are the marketing things that you need to do, especially for um, business books? My answer is author platform. And that is something that you're already doing. You're doing it from your experience in the subject matter that you're writing about. But that's something that people say to me, well, when should I get started? Like talking about my book, when should I start promoting the book and how do I build my author platform? A, you're already doing it, your author platform part. It's never too early, never too early. At Girl Friday, we do provide clients with like a roadmap, a six month rollout calendar. But really I say, as soon as you have that cover, I mean, be thoughtful and how that you do a cover reveal and that sort of thing, but start talking about it now. It's just like when you see a commercial for a movie and you think, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see that. And it's not coming out till like summer 2025. And you just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. But what that does is I read everything I can about it. Do they have a trailer? Do they have a teaser? This is specifically for the movie example. So it de- you're building that fan base or audience then. So, I mean, that's my long-winded, <laughs> difficult answer. Sure. I love it. Think of your book like a movie and think of how Hollywood promotes something by by wetting people's appetite to, I can't wait for that book to come out. I can't wait for that movie to come out. That's really, yeah. really cool. We're going to talk about a couple of strategies to make that happen, but I want to backtrack for a second about the cover. Yeah. I have a running argument with my clients as to whether to put their faces, a picture of them on the cover or not. Now, when I wrote one of my first, well, my first book, How to uh, Get Publicity for High-Tech Products and Services, I copied the Dale Carnegie cover, which was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he had the, the title in 
big, big letters with his picture in the middle of it. So I copied it as closely as I possibly could. So I had no trouble putting my face on the book. But I have to tell you, a lot of my clients are shy and they don't want to put their face on the book. Now, where do you stand on that? Are you for the picture or not for the picture? Again, as non-committal is my first answer, and I <laughs> is like uh, my first response, knee-jerk reaction is no. I don't want your uh, picture on the cover unless you are Prince Harry, Matthew Perry, you know all the people that we know just from our life experience that like we were talking about before we got started. If you you know if you saw Slash on the cover, the guitarist on the cover of a book, you'd be like, that's Slash. You know what he looks like. You've been looking at him for years. Um, so my first reaction is no, with that being said, I did work recently with a client and her story was about tragically enough about, she got hit by a car and run over three times as a result. So she's not famous, but I did encourage her to have her picture on the cover because you would never believe that she's been hit. She broke no bones. There was bruising, but she broke no bones. So she, and she's a smaller Person. So it was quite miraculous. So with her, I did encourage her to put her book or put her picture on there. But no, you I, I wouldn't because for a couple of reasons, just like if it's a fiction novel, if we can talk about that for a second, if you are reading a really good fiction book and someone is describing that this character has long blonde hair and cornflower blue eyes and all this kind of stuff like that. And then the person on the cover is a redhead. You're like, wait, what? Like they didn't do their homework. It looks misaligned. Plus that person likes to imagine what that person looks it like in their mind. Now this is a business book. It's different, but I still kind of, it feels to me, my opinion is that I want to take your business message and how does it relate to me? And so if it's like someone that I maybe couldn't relate to, then i feel like, well, I can't relate to this message. One great unifying factor of all business books is that they do look like your book here that you have in your background, solid cover. And I know that book that you're talking about by Dale, but they all kind of look the same. And I think what's really exciting about the modern day uh, approach to publishing is that the covers are awesome. And that's because of the rise in Instagram and LinkedIn and influencers that they just hold up the book and take a picture. It's a the book with a cup of coffee or something like that. Um, I, I think a well-designed book cover, you have to be able to read it. Here's, here's a little tip. Here's breaking news. Sure, <laughs> you're, only breaking hearing, news. You're, you're only hearing it here is when at Girl Friday, marketing actually takes the lead on cover design, even though I'm not a graphic designer, because your book cover is your biggest marketing piece that you have available to you. So we do say books like yours look like this. So we work primarily with business clients. We also have uh, fiction clients as well, but, but books in this genre look like this. So when we present them, I say it might be smart to do this, but we look at it really big on the screen. And what I say to the person, if they're like, I don't know, I don't know. I say, well, let me do this. And I punch it down. So it's small, like your book looks to me mm-hmm. in the background mm-hmm. this big. And I said, this is primarily how people are going to see it on Amazon. So really don't look at it big, on your screen, it should be really small, actually a thumbnail. I have to be able to read it like your book. I see it says, write your book in a flash. I can't really read your subtitle, but it doesn't matter because if that title resonates with me, I'm going to click on it. So when you're looking at cover design, shrink it way down and see if you still like it. Great. In all honesty, I did not design this cover. Where's that cover? I don't know where it is. I'm not looking myself. Uh, 
That's right. That's right. It's a mirror image. Yeah. But it, it's funny because some publishing companies, you know, there, there's a saying in publishing that the author owns the manuscript and the publisher owns the cover. And a lot of authors have absolutely no input to the cover. And That's when true. my publisher came back to me with this cover, which is like, uh, not the craziest about, uh, they actually had a light bulb instead of a uh, oh yeah. Rod. And I said, you know, light bulb says smart. It says idea. It doesn't say fast. A lightning bolt says fast. And the next thing you know, bingo, they got some clip art and put that in there. And here we are today. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but w- w- I'll, I'll make one argument in favor of putting the book, the, of pe- someone's face on the covers that they're buying you. If you're at a networking event and you hold up the book and say, oh, wow, that's you. That's I'm buying you. So there might be some situations for some consultants or service providers where it might make sense and others where you're totally right. It's totally focused on solving the reader's problem and they really don't care who you are at all. So, yeah. Or you could, another thing, if I want to be in the middle, which I always am, Dan, I always am like (laughs) never passionate either way. You could have a big photo on the back. Like I have one author that he um, is a TV personality and he wanted it on the cover. And I was like, how about we put it on the back? And it's big. It takes up the whole back cover. Mm-hmm. But the front what is a little bit more general to the message that he was talking about, which in his case was about um, protecting children, which is obviously very important. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Okay. And- how important are reviews in selling books? Uh, reader reviews or editorial reviews? Reader reviews on Amazon. Okay, perfect. This is, so- there's this theory urban legend going around now that says you must have a hundred reviews on Amazon in order to either get their Google juice and have you promote it, or it just looks good for readers or uh-huh. just some, some folktale that people have. So is it a folktale or does it actually re- ter- turn into more sales? It sounds a little Loch Ness monster to me. So <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've heard, 50. I've never heard a hundred. And I don't even know when people say 50, I've never heard that. And again, I, I work in publishing. I was going to say not to toot my own horn, but I certainly want to, don't want to diminish girl Friday in my job. But I mean, I work with other publishers. We do books at our farm for mm-hmm. the big five. We do our own books. We do for indie authors. So I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable. I do think it's a myth. But with that being said, how I say it typically to my clients is you want to create that virtual line outside the nightclub. So, you know, when you're driving, I mean, maybe we're not doing that much anymore, but you know, when you're driving, you're going to try to find parking in front of this nightclub and there's no one in front. You're like, well, this place is dead. Like, I don't even know if we should go in here, but if you see the long line, you're like, what's going on over there? So I absolutely think that the reader review and the reason why I was trying to get clarification there at the beginning is people say, oh, I need to have like a praise quote on the front of my book or something like that. I I agree as an author myself, when I was publishing my books, I wanted that too. I think if you're a certain age and that may not actually be factual, I think a certain kind of author wants to have that validation. We all want to be told this is good. We want that Mm -hmm. people pick it up, but I would rather have one praise quote and 5,000 reader reviews than a ton of editorial reviews or praise quotes than one reader review. It's just like when people, I mean, this is again, kind of off topic. If, if you're applying for a job and you have all these references, you're never going to put in a bad 
reference. <laughs> so I kind of feel like the reader reviews are actually more validating. And that my follow-up thing that I say to my authors is if you get a bad reader review, it's not the end of the world. Even if you look up the most well-loved books in the world, they're going to have bad reviews. I mean, not all of them, obviously, but people do not actually love uh, Eat, Pray, Love. There are some, you know, bad reviews on that book. So I, I love a reader review and that takes years. And here's another thing. You have to ask for it at every event, especially a business book. When you're doing your presentation, whether it be PowerPoint or anything else, that last slide, that parting goodbye, thanks for coming. If you enjoyed what I said today, please leave me a reader review on Amazon, Goodreads, or the platform of your choice. I try to just drill that into my authors and they say it. And you, it seems strange that you have to ask for it, but people then do it. Sometimes I have authors put it at the end of their book. I don't know how I feel about that. The last couple of pages say, if you enjoyed this book, please leave a review. I don't know about that, but I do think you have to ask for certain things. Definitely. I love, love that uh, explanation. And I've noticed that every time I listen to an audiobook, the publisher has put in a, if you like this book, please post a review and you know, put some right. stars and whatever. So it's automatic. Yeah. One of my former clients who's written a book uh, sent me a very interesting email last week. And she said, I just posted a review of your book. I'm hoping to get a hundred reviews for my book, hence the hundred word hundred review myth Uh, and here's a link to my web to the amazon page could you say something nice about my book i'd be happy to send it to you and i thought it it clicked on a number of cylinders one it was reciprocity she did something nice for me without my even asking so i feel beholden to her i'd help her out anyway but this is really really nice she put a link to her web page or the amazon page so it made it easy and she offered to send me the book, which, of course, I don't have time to read everyone's book. So I said, could you send me a couple of sample testimonials? Some what would you like me to talk yeah. about? Yeah. And she sent me two and she said, pick and choose from this, mix and match, whatever. And I did. And I sent it to Amazon. And literally 15 minutes later, it was posted live. Wow. Uh, so it was, it was so to make it as easy as possible for your readers, I think, is the key thing to get good reviews and uh so I, I think we've covered the review process really nicely. What other strategies work today? I mean, is social media, people post lots of stuff on social media. Does that really work? Well, I mean, it's digital word of mouth. So mm-hmm. does it work? Yes. I have authors that love it. They're dedicated to it. They do a good job. I have authors that, I mean, it's like pulling teeth. They don't want to do it. What I say to them is pick one platform. If you're not willing to do all the platforms mm-hmm. and do one really well. Um, right. my personal pet peeve, Dan, is when people put the same content on multiple platforms, because if you're posting the same thing on Facebook as you're on LinkedIn, why do I need to follow you on LinkedIn? So I would tweak that content a little bit, um, to have it different on different platforms. Um, I just got off a meeting right before we started and I have someone that's kind of anti TikTok for the political reasons that you hear about happening today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, should I tell them they really should do it? But quite frankly, you have to be values aligned, which is the subject of many, many business books. So if you don't feel passionate about, if you have a problem with Twitter, the people, person that runs that and Facebook, then I say, (laughs) I probably wouldn't do that. I think that I would never put out content that isn't of value to my ideal client. So it could be for 
for your audience business books, I wouldn't put out something that's just junk and doesn't feel of, of value. I also wouldn't continually, I call it eat at Joe's advertising, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Like that's so boring. There are certain, uh, mathematical equations like every seventh post should actually be about the book that you should say buy my book and the rest of the time it's like I wrote my book looking at this view or you know this is the cat that was always sitting here when I wrote my book so I mean you want to create a brand and I love what you said about your um, position on having your picture on the cover that the that the the person is buying you and hiring you to do the keynote address. So you need to create that feeling of what is Dan, or like, if it was me, what is Georgie and all that sort of thing. If my book looks like this, and then you just kind of, it sets your expectations. If the book is written and professional over here, then you know, when you hire me to do the keynote, um, that it's going to be professional, that I'm going to have maybe following my book. If I have like a summary at the end of each chapter that I'm going to, when I do the presentation, I'm going to walk away and give you some really great, point so yeah again we're getting a theme here that i love to talk about books so i tend to get a little off topic <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you've been on topic the whole time this is great uh let me ask you one more question uh, before we wrap up are there any emerging trends or innovative marketing approaches in the book industry that you believe could be beneficial to our listeners emerging trends i mean what I love, and I think authors can sometimes be resistant to, is really sharing your content. I understand people feel protective of it, and they don't want to give away, what is that saying? Give away the milk. Give away the cow if the milk's for free. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't want to like give it all away because they say no one's going to buy my book. So because I also love marketing, I thought it was really interesting. And at the time of us recording this, a couple of weeks ago, we saw that Martha Stewart was on the cover of the swimsuit thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I was amazed the day that that was announced and they shared all the photos on the website, all the photos on the website. And I thought, well, then why would anyone buy the magazine? Mm -hmm. Because now it's all already on the, the website. So I don't need to buy the magazine. That was one of their best selling issues, I believe, because you still want a piece of it. You actually want it in your hand. So although you might, you know, feel hesitant to share some of your great content on your website in a, a keynote, or if you're bringing in your um, material for like a training purposes, mm -hmm. I say, actually, I think it actually does the opposite. Um, and it, I know a lot of authors are worried about someone stealing their ideas. And is that you know, a possibility. Absolutely. But I think that you want to entice people. And again, just like that person did for you, if someone gives me some great advice, I probably would be more willing to buy their book because they actually took the time and answered my questions or gave me something that really helped my everyday organization or business practices or something like that, that I would, would go out and buy their book. So, I mean, I would say that any sort of valuable content, whether that be a social media post, a podcast, like what you're doing, um, a downloadable from their website, something like that. I think that that really is key. And it's hard. But what I would say is using your book as the blueprint for that. So you don't necessarily have to come up with new content. You could just say, well, in chapter three, I have these bullet points that are great to talk about X, Y, and Z and leak those. So and again, I say leak, but it's, that actually isn't accurate. Share those. And that builds up that feeling just like the Hare Krishna's with the, you know, giving you a daisy and that sort of thing that you do. I think you do feel that way and that the person will be more engaged and then be excited. And then it, it also is building rapport. 
and also building that relationship because that person helped you out. You're going to help her out. Yeah. Seth Godin has a great line about that. He says, your problem is not plagiarism. Your problem is obscurity. Yeah. (laughs) George, as we wrap up here, tell us who is your ideal client and how can they get in touch with you? Oh gosh. I love authors that know what their book is about. And I know that sounds kind of basic, but just what is your message and who is it for? And I, I always kind of cringe a little bit, Dan, when people say, well, this book is for everybody. Mm. It's actually not. And you don't want it to be. You want it to be targeted to the people and it's addressing their specific pain point. So I love people that know their message. I love obviously working with people that it's a team at Girl Friday. We really get very close with our clients. It's a partnership. We're invested in your book. I know everybody says that. But we, we truly are. We go to the signings when our people have signings. We go to their speeches if they're making speeches. So I just love a client that's engaged, that's realistic. I love it when a client has a success target that isn't, I want to be a New York Times bestseller, quite frankly. when I, I love it when people, and I, your audience is, is well-versed in that, that you want to have a beautiful, beautiful book that gets you that speaking gig that pays you the $20,000. So that's something that, that I love that people see success as something different than listing. We often get our clients number one status, not New York times, but on Amazon, because it's a little different and it's a little bit more uh, attainable, but I love a client. That's just like, is that wants a partner and that will listen to us. And then they can give us their opinions back. You certainly don't need to listen to me. Like you, just to make this full, full circle, Dan, you were talking about your book cover and how you didn't love it. At Girl Friday, we have a couple different uh, ways that you could publish a book with us. But at Girl Friday, your cover, we want you to love it. And so we mm-hmm. do work with you on that because that kind of breaks my heart a little bit because that's your baby over your shoulder there. And for you not to love it, it you know, it makes me a little sad. We usually... Can get, we can get to a point where you have a beautiful- I won't put it up for adoption. It's okay. Don't put it up. No, <laughs> it's beautiful. But thank you so much. It was really fun talking to you. And I hope to see you again. Thanks. My pleasure. And what is your website so people can get in touch with you and learn more? Yes. So it's girlfridayproductions.com, which is just girlfridayproductions.com spelled exactly the same. Perfect. Thank you for sharing your wisdom here. And thanks everyone for listening. We we have more than 175 other videos on this YouTube channel to help you write and market your book in a flash. Check them out. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.